Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere, like at your pregame barbecue. While you prep your meats, that grease trap you forgot to empty is prepping to smoke your porch, garage, and the car inside. And without the right home and auto insurance coverage, the cost to repair this could eat up your savings. So bundle home and auto with Allstate to save and get protected from mayhem like this. Bundled savings variant are not available in every state. Coverage is subject to policy terms and conditions. Being a chef means keeping your cool in the kitchen. And with Resi Priority Notify and Global Dining Access through my Amex Platinum card... Right this way. It's nice to try someone else's food for a change. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. The Volume. What is going on, my people? How are we doing? What is happening? John Middlecoff, 3 and Out Podcast. Beautiful day here. Uh, hot day, actually. Just got back to Arizona from Northern California. Played a little golf in Napa instead of watching rounds four through seven, but, you know, didn't miss much. What I did do, though, is Colin and I did a podcast after the first round. Came out on Friday. Then I did a podcast after the second round, right as the third round was starting on Friday night, came out this weekend. I thought I would put together a little draft podcast of just five things that, you know, intrigue me after this weekend. And kind of heading in now that we head to OTAs, you know, there'll still be some player movement. For the most part, though, we, we kind of got an idea of some of the big moves that happened over the weekend and just moving forward, things I'm interested in. Uh, so that's what I did today. I picked five things, rattled it off after the draft. And, uh, and yeah, so listen, download the Amazon AMP app. Our, our stuff's on there. Podcast is on there live every single day. YouTube channel, Volume YouTube channel, check it out. The Volume merch store, if you go to thevolume.com, got some go-low hats, some go-low polos. Check that out. A lot of football content coming. So I'll have a podcast. Uh, we'll have a lot of podcasts coming up. So buckle up. You know, football offseason, baby. OTAs, mini camps. Rookie mini camps. That's that's a fun one. Uh, it's cool actually if you got a quarterback, but if you don't, it, it's not. But other than that, a lot going on. Middlecoff mailbag. We will bust that bad boy out on Tuesday. So at John Middlecoff is my Instagram. DMs wide open. Fire in those DMs. Get your question here on the show, and uh, let's talk some football. I actually got a text this morning that uh, today I'm recording this on Sunday, and when I got the text, it was before Game Seven. In Sacramento, and they said, John, I want to go to the game. What's your promo code again? And I said, Oh, the you mean the official ticketing app of this podcast, Game Time? Here's what you do you just download the Game Time app and use the promo code John, J O H N, and get $20 off. They went to the game, they saved a little money. Now, they, and they got to watch greatness. Steph Curry scored 50 points, you know, tip your hat. And uh, that's just a reality. You want to go to a game, you never know what you may see. You might see a historic event, especially at a you know sporting event. So, download the Game Time app, fastest growing ticket app in America, the official ticketing app of this uh, podcast, and use the promo code John. I love saving you guys money in these inflationary times. We do everything humanly possible to throw people we can a bone, and those that listen to this show use that promo code, and we appreciate everyone that has. Here's what I wanted to do: uh, the draft happens. And everyone's got a lot of you know draft grades, and which is really just based on your own opinions of the player. I'm not going to do that. 
What I did is I picked five things that fire me up and interest me the most after the draft based on what happened these last three days. And a lot of takes flying, a lot of different teams. I think it's hard to differentiate because a lot of times the good teams, they're drafting at the end of every round. They're not taking the most famous players in the draft. Like no one was like, oh, Kansas City's draft last year, right? And then the season happened, you're like, Isaiah Pacheco. All those late round DBs playing. So and it's, I say it every year, and I've been going to these training camps and OTAs forever. It's hard to put much stock in the third day in terms of like, this guy's going to be a really good player. Because every single year I go to these practices and see fourth and fifth round players get beat out by undrafted free agents or unable to beat out, you know, the veteran practice squad guys that are already on the team. So when you are drafted in the first couple of days because of your contract, you're making the team. <laughs> That's just the reality of the business that is the NFL and the way these contracts are structured. When you get drafted the fourth round on, there ain't any guarantee. Now, for the most part, you're typically going to be on practice squads. But like we don't talk about practice squad guys starting in September, right? Talk about NFL players. Now, they're technically on an NFL roster, but they don't actually play in the games. So I'm going to focus on some of the headliners, some of the headlining teams. And uh, I wanted to start with this, the Houston Texans, because I've seen a lot of reaction. I I don't know if me and Colin got that deep into it on Friday. I don't even know if I talked about it that much on the Saturday podcast, which you could obviously catch. Me and Colin went live after the first round. I recorded something after the second round. So the third round was still going on that came out this weekend. And obviously the draft is done now. So I want to start with the Texans who traded up. They take CJ Stroud at two, who most of us, because of just, we just thought he was going to tumble because that's what the media kept telling us. And they played the media like a fiddle. (laughs) The the lies on CJ Stroud were immense. Uh, It's weird because a lot of people, I think the consensus in the league and outside of the league is like, you know, he could be like a better version of Jared Goff. And when you say that, you know, it's typically, obviously Jared Goff was the number one overall pick, but based off what we know now, and he's really resurrected his career in Detroit. You know, I I think you'd be looking for a little bit more when you draft really high. But I think the, the stories around them is why would you trade back up for an edge rusher and give up what they gave up, right? They went from 12 to three, they gave up the second round pick. They gave up next year's first round pick, which fair or not, a lot of people just think they're going to suck again. I don't necessarily think that. Like, I'm not viewing them as a playoff team, but I, I, if I was a betting man, I'd view them more likely to win, you know, somewhere like six games than two or three games. But they traded up to get Will Anderson. And I've seen a lot of smart football people say, you can't view it like they traded up to get Will Anderson. They traded up to get the package of C.J. Stroud and Will Anderson because they couldn't take Will Anderson, too, and risk someone else trading up and giving more than they were willing to and taking C.J. Stroud, which they knew the Tennessee Titans loved him. And I think, you know, depending on who you believe, I think the Raiders were very, very interested in C.J. Stroud as well. And one of the things Arizona had clearly let it be known, not only were they open for business, but if anyone was going to trade with them, it was going to be because one of the quarterbacks they liked did not go one or two. So I completely understand the Texans doing what they did. It was really about getting the package of players. Did you give up a lot? You did. But I got my favorite quarterback in the draft, I guess more than likely their second favorite quarterback, and the best pass rusher that we viewed it. And anytime you get the two most important positions, I, I got no problem allocating resources now. Now, 
separate from the resources they allocated to get a hold of those players and not risk losing the quarterback, that there's just a barometer and a baseline of minimum performance moving forward. Like, if C.J. Stroud is a top 7-8 quarterback in the league, it doesn't matter if Will Anderson actually is overrated and never makes Pro Bowls. And you go, we gave up all that for Will Anderson? No one will care. As a wise man told me a couple years ago, we can draft all the sweetest players every single year, and the Jets have. If Zach Wilson stinks, we're screwed. Now, they got lucky because Aaron Rodgers poked his head uh, through that door right, to kind of save their careers, but Zach Wilson was going to get everyone fired. And it didn't matter that they had hit on basically every other pick. So when you hit on the quarterback, it doesn't matter your other players. Even if Will Anderson becomes Solomon Thomas or a Cleveland Farrell, right? He does not have to be Nick Bosa, Joey Bosa, or Miles Garrett if C.J. Stroud is awesome because that's what will matter the most. Now, it's not ideal, but if C.J. Stroud, to me, is like closer to Dak Cousins, the Jimmy Garoppolo, Jared Goffs of the world, Will Anderson better be pretty solid. Because if he's not, it's an utter disaster, right? He can beat Kirk Cousins if Will Anderson's an impact Pro Bowl player, and then you feel pretty good about it, right? And that's kind of, to me, the worst-case scenario. Or else it's just a disaster. Now, I think D'Amico's a stud. Uh, I've watched D'Amico really since he was a player. Everything D'Amico has done in his career professionally, once he left Alabama, has been successful. Player, quality control coach, position coach, defensive coordinator. I'm not betting against D'Amico. I think he's going to be really good. And I, I do think he's, one of the things he hangs his hat on is character, being a teammate. So he's not coming in and telling you everyone who to sign, right? Like, I'm not faulting Sean Payton for doing this, but Sean Payton's taking orders from nobody. When Sean Payton wants a player, when Sean Payton wants to sign a free agent, or Sean Payton wanted anyone in the draft, Sean Payton got that. He was a decision maker. He didn't give a shit what anyone else in the room thought, right? And I'm, I'm not saying that that's what happened. I'm just saying Sean Payton was at the top of the food chart. I think D'Amico is tried to work with, trying to be a good guy, work with the operation, listen to the scouting staff, right? I'm a little surprised that they kind of put a lot of their chips in the middle. Not that Nick did it, because. Nick, the team hasn't been good now for a couple years. They've kind of waited. Like, it's been really, really ugly. And you need to get some momentum going. But, I, you know, it is a little stunning would be too strong. But I I thought it was eye-opening that that, that they put so many chips in the middle of the table. Now, if it works, who cares? It it does not matter, right? But any time that you draft a quarterback, especially when you're a, you know, first-year coach, your clock kind of starts, right? It's why sometimes... You just take the incumbent or you sign some random free agent and you just kind of get a year to breathe and, and then you figure it out. Now, you could argue they've been so shitty that no one wants to watch that again, but that's not D'Amico's problem. That's that's the previous coach's problem. And uh, it's going to be fascinating how this shakes out because I think C.J. Stroud was just your classic. You know, the media was being played by the GMs. We all thought that the league thought he sucked. And that just wasn't the case. Now, I know people in the league that didn't like him that much. And I know other people that thought he was solid. So it's just like like most prospects, you, you could text five people, two might like, two might not like, and one guy's kind of indifferent. He's like, meh, I mean, that's that's personnel. That, that's scouting. That's coaching. You, you, we all evaluate players differently. You and I can watch a game in any sport and come away with different takes on, on what we just witnessed. Is what makes this whole thing fun. It's a very subjective business. But... Uh, 
They, they, they did allocate a lot of resources for a team that still has a lot of resources because of the Browns. So they would have definitely been equipped. And as we saw this year, you never know what's going to happen year to year. Right. We, we uh, Listen, I don't know if we uh, you might have disagreed with me, but I thought the Giants in Seattle would draft a one and two. Right. Or in the mix like they, they'd be drafting in the top five. Both made the playoffs. So the NFL is a unique business that way where you can. I mean, that's the best case scenario where you can go from awful to boom in the playoffs, but you can go from awful to seven wins really, really quick. Look at the Lions last year. They went from joke two years ago to, you know, nine and eight and right there in the playoffs mix. They didn't make it. Speaking of GMs on the hot seat, it's not totally his fault because he took over a job that had Andrew Luck. He hired Josh McDaniels, which let's face it, doesn't look like a good hire. Now, Josh backed out on him. That wasn't his fault. But in fairness to Ballard, when he hired Josh McDaniels, every team in the league for like three years was trying to hire Josh McDaniels. The 49ers have Kyle Shanahan and John Lynch because Josh McDaniels told them no. So the, the Chris Ballard and the Indianapolis Colts weren't the first. And as we saw with the Raiders, they surely weren't the last that were willing to give Josh McDaniels a ton of juice to be the head coach of the team. But I do think for a guy, and listen, I think Chris Ballard's good at his job. I think over the years, he has put together a very, very competitive roster. And I thought once the Josh thing happened, he pivoted really, really well into Frank, who immediately got another job. has proven to be pretty impressive, right? I mean, we'll see how he does in Carolina, but it's not like Frank Reich, the guy that he hired once Josh left him at the altar, was like Freddie Kitchens, right? I mean, he did... He hired a solid coach who at the end kind of flamed out, but you know was very, very respectable during his time as the head coach. But you can only go through so many quarterbacks, and most general managers only get a second coach, right? Sometimes coaches get multiple opportunities. They keep bouncing around. They keep making a ton of money. Usually GMs don't get a second rodeo. So if Chris Ballard and this thing fails, this might be his one shot. And it feels like, because he just drafted a guy number four overall. They're all in on Anthony Richardson, either saving this guy's job and and Chris Ballard looking like a genius, or this thing's going to come crumbling down. And in a couple years, the Indianapolis Colts are going to blow the whole thing up again. And they're basically just riding it all on, not just Anthony Richardson, but can Shane Steichen do what he did with Jalen Hurts? And I don't even mean at that level. You know, like Jalen easily could have won the MVP this year if he didn't get injured. He balled out in the Super Bowl. I mean, he was he was easily one of the best players in the league. If he can just do 75, 80% of that in the next couple of years with Anthony Richardson, Colts are going to be fine. But when you just look at NFL history, and listen, I like most human beings, I mean, maybe some aren't, but I'm very intrigued by guys with have incredible athletic attributes that are also really good guys. Like I would bet on those people consistently. But history would show us at quarterback, it's way more misses than hits. Quarterback, like the amount of linemen, the amount of linebackers, the amount of wide receivers, guys that you're able to mold into functional players is, is plentiful. Quarterbacks is such a nuanced position that there are things that you just, it's impossible to quantify, right? Just like, how he reads changing defenses like throughout a series, how you're able to adapt from one series B zone, one series B man to man, different coordinators, different blitz packages, 
different you audibly on the it's just it's a lot going on I, clearly i mean this is you don't need me to talk about this to understand that if you follow football we all acknowledge the um the how difficult it is to not just obviously you got to have the god-given ability but then be a good quarterback like there, there are so many variables that come into play and it turned out jalen had a lot of them that equated to kind of just becoming really really successful and from everything i've heard anthony richardson has that too the difference is Jalen had less far to go. You know, when Jalen came to the Eagles, and obviously his draft position reflected that going in the second round, even though he was a really raw passer, he brought immediate stability of a guy that could just function. He had started Alabama forever. He had a ton of success at Oklahoma. When all else fails, he was an elite runner. Now, in theory, Anthony Richardson is an elite runner, but game in, game out, he hasn't proven to be able to do that. And I, I just think that this thing's, I just see no middle ground. Like, I, I see some middle ground with the Texans. If you told me, yeah, CJ Stroud is like, you know, a Dak Prescott level player, and, you know, Will Anderson, I don't think anyone views him as like a Hall of Fame talent, but he's just a really, really good player that they're going to want to extend. It's like, yeah, I can totally see that. I have a hard time seeing Anthony Richardson like, you know, he never lived up to being a top five quarterback, but he's like probably the 11th best quarterback in the league. Like, I, I don't see that, you know? It, it just, not happening. And to me, obviously, as a general manager, you can put the team together, but you have nothing to do with the coaching of the player. And he's he got a second hire in Shane Steichen, and they're all in on this guy attempting to do what they did with Jalen Hurts. It's going to be fascinating to watch. It, it really is. I mean, I would imagine they'll do everything humanly possible to redshirt the guy, but that's hard. You know, it's 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 especially hard when you're coming off an embarrassing season where Jeff Saturday was your fucking coach. So, like, what if you're awful? Especially in a division that's not going to be great. Are they just going to be cool with, like, oh, we're just redshirting, we're just redshirting. You know when it's easy to do? When you're, like, the 49ers and you're winning. Or definitely the Chiefs and you got Alex Smith having a career year. It's hard to do when you're not going to the playoffs and you're a six-win team. No one wants to watch the other quarterback that's not going to be on the team. Not a soul. Not me, not you, and definitely not any fan of the team. So... Public pressure usually wins out, even if it means the guy is not ready. And again, it was easier for him to do it because they were having a successful season, but it was like a non-starter with Andy Reid. Like, we're not playing this guy. And they basically got the free game at the end of the season because it didn't matter and they could just give Alex Smith a rest, but they were not going to play him. He was on a development process. And can you stick to that when your team sucks? You know, <laughs> really? Uh, I don't know. It's going to be it's going to be very, very intriguing to watch. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere, like at your pregame barbecue. While you prep your meats, that grease trap you forgot to empty is prepping to smoke your porch, garage and the car inside. And without the right home and auto insurance coverage, the cost to repair this could eat up your savings. So bundle home and auto with Allstate to save and get protected from mayhem like this. Bundled savings variant are not available in every state. Coverage is subject to policy terms and conditions. When you're hiring for your small business, you want to find quality professionals that are right for the role. That's why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs has the tools to help find the right professionals for your team faster and for free. LinkedIn isn't just a job board. They help you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Did you know 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other Leading job sites, LinkedIn's the only one I use. On LinkedIn, 86% of small businesses 
Get a qualified candidate within 24 hours. Hire professionals like a professional on LinkedIn. LinkedIn is constantly finding ways to make the process easier. They even just launched a feature that helps you write job descriptions, making the process even easier and quicker. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash J-O-H-N. That's linkedin.com slash J-O-H-N to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. Three, this Packer-Jets quarterback situation, right? The Jordan Love era is starting. As of right now, I just I just watched the Warrior-Kings game. I sat down. I just kind of did a little recon before I was going to fire up the podcast. I saw that Matt LaFleur said, we're still talking to the representatives about the fifth-year option. The fifth-year option isn't a contract negotiation, right? It's either you're picking up the option or not. It, it's a very black-and-white decision. So as of right now, I don't know if they're going to pick it up. I'd be stunned if they don't. But if they did not, that, that'd be pretty eye-opening. But it's, you know, it's very disingenuous. At least I, I didn't see LaFleur say it. I just saw the headline of him basically saying that, you know, we're still working through the negotiations or or we're talking with his representative. There's no talk. You either, you either pick up the thing or you don't. You know, it's Justin Jefferson, fifth. Uh, Justin Herbert, fifth year out. There's no, well, we'd like to, this isn't arbitration. So don't, don't you can't say that. And listen, I I expect them to pick it up, but if they don't, whenever my next podcast is after that action were to happen, it would probably be the lead of the show. That would that'd be pretty that'd be pretty insane. Uh, but the Jets quarterback. Let's start with the Jets. I watched a lot of Rogers press conference, and I thought he was in a very good headspace because I thought it would have been easy, and I I probably might have taken this route. You might have taken this route, even though I try to avoid personally living in hate, but we're all human beings. And there's, we all have a little bit of a pettiness to us and a little bit of a, you know, try to prove people wrong, even though I don't necessarily know why Rogers, like I think Gudikins and the floor know that he's really good, but the, the love thing and Rogers, you know, in his Instagram post, he named all those guys, including Mark Murphy feels like he's just in a very he peaceful, might be a little soft way to say it, but just a positive mindset feels like he's, just in a good spot, which is a good thing if you're the Jets. The other thing that he mentioned is that he plans on being at OTAs, something that he not only didn't attend the last couple of years. Remember a couple of years ago in the CBA, him and Tom Brady, and I completely understand it, understood it, thought it should just get wiped out. Basically, they should get a six-month vacation. And anyone worth their salt around the league was like, yeah, I understand Aaron and Tom, you don't need OTAs even though it was a little disingenuous for Tom as well, because he would fly the boys out to him. So they'd be doing work when no one else would be. But it was like, you know, OTAs are really, really big for, I don't know, a large percentage of the league. Guys that are on non-guaranteed contracts, late round picks, undrafted free agents. You know, it's kind of important to be around your bosses in life, to be around people that determine your future. You know, anytime, any extra time you can get with them matters. And, you know, maybe Rodgers has changed his tune because he realized, like, I got to be around the guys. And ultimately, of their first two picks, right, they did, they only had a first-round pick, a second-round pick. They didn't have a pick to the fourth round. Their first pick was an edge rusher, which I, I'll never argue with. Uh, and their second pick was a center. The one thing the Jets have done a really good job of is they have a good team. 
right? I mean, they got some young pieces on the offensive line. We'll see Becton is going to be a major question mark. But Garrett Wilson looks like, I mean, I don't know, a young star. Uh, obviously, you sign Lazard, who Aaron's very, very comfortable with. That you have Brees Hall coming back. That their offensive pieces, you lose more, but uh, did, did they did they sign Corey Davis? I mean, they've invested a lot for him in the offensive weaponry. So I feel pretty good about the Jets, uh, and I feel pretty good about where Aaron's head is at. And as of right now, I mean, I, I've, as long as he's healthy, I would pick them to make the playoffs. I, I, I'm not picking them to beat beat up the Bills, but I'll pick them to finish ahead of the Miami Dolphins. I know that. I, I will pick them. Listen, I picked the Packers last year, so I prepare to be wrong, but I, I'm fairly confident the New York Jets will be an AFC playoff team. That's saying a lot. We'll get to the AFC here in a little bit. I do think the Packers are very, very fascinating. They, after taking Van S, who was just your classic Packers type guy, you know, he didn't start at Iowa, though, he, you know, as DJ kept saying on the broadcast, he was their best player. He's a high-weight speed guy. They love high-weight speed guys. A lot of them have worked out for them over the years in the draft. It looks like Christian Watson is going to definitely work out based on the second half of the season. He is what I would consider a high-weight speed guy. And when I say that, in scouting terms, that means a guy that just fits with big-time measurables, right? Big, obviously, and fast. <laughs> so uh, uh, I, I do think then they took three offensive weaponry to go around Jordan Love with, which, let's face it, they already have. A.J. Dillon, who's really good. They have uh, Aaron Jones. I mean, their two running backs are sweet. The Nevada wide receiver to go along with Watson last year, Dobbs and uh, and Christian Watson, look to be really good. They take Luke Musgrave, who is a fascinating player out of Oregon State tight end. He got injured this year, but he's he's healthy now. He's a stud. Like that pick. I don't know much about their... Uh, their second second round pick, this Michigan State wide receiver, but it shows you they invested back to back picks, tight end wide receiver, and then they took another tight end out of South Dakota State. So you know Jordan Love, they're going to have a lot of young pieces around them. I, I think they're going to be a fascinating team. I'm not going to pick them to make the playoffs, even in a weak NFC, but you know if they hit on some of these players and Jordan Love is just a solid quarterback, which I'm going to bet against. You know I, I just am. And because history would show us like you, you're just not going, you know how crazy, I mean, how fucking insane it was to go Joe Montana, Steve Young to Jeff Garcia, to Jeff Garcia, who multiple pro bowls, really, really solid player. Like you, that is not the way it works. Usually go Peyton Manning, Andrew Luck to what we've just witnessed the last five years, right? It usually does not work out well. Uh, but if it does, like I said the other day, LaFleur, Gudikins, like these guys become legends fast. They start going to the playoffs just and having a playoff competitive team with this group. It's how Ted Thompson and McCarthy got major extensions and made a ton of money in Green Bay. For those of you that don't follow the NBA well, when the Warriors got Kevin Durant, their owner, Joe Lacob, who's, you know, I don't know. He's been pretty successful since he bought the team. Spent about four or five hundred million on the team. I just saw it was valued about seven billion. So you know, pretty good buy. And since he's owned the team, they've won four championships and signed Kevin Durant. But when they signed Kevin Durant, he dropped a he dropped a, a saying that stuck around Warriors fans, and it goes by the uh, goes by light years. He said we are light years ahead of the NBA. 
which was more of an arrogant comment than something that was actually true. Because anyone with the cap space would have tried to sign Kevin Durant, and they got pretty lucky with this cap spike. A lot of things, and Steph Curry was on this cheap deal because of bad ankles, but regardless, it's one of the greatest statements and lines of all time. It's just funny. I laugh at it more than think it's real life, though I think Lacob has been an incredible owner. For the NBA, he's been like the Eddie DeBartolo uh, when I was a kid with the 49ers version in the NBA. I'll spend anything. I'll pay any luxury tax, but we got to win chips. It's all about winning titles. And I think the Eagles, but the point was like, yeah, we'll just pay really good players. We're just going after the stars. Like Pat Riley has done forever. It's actually not that complicated. It's like, we're just going after the best players. Now in the NBA, you got to have a destination place. In football, like they'll take your money. And in the draft specifically, I think it's easy to overthink yourself and kind of, and I think the 49ers did it several years ago when they took Trey Lance. They took this just smaller school guy. Like that's not usually the way it works out, right? And I think the Eagles, for example, most of the best 49ers players are come from big programs, right? Or big conferences. Debo Samuel was one of the best players in the SEC. George Kittle, Iowa. Trent Williams, Oklahoma. You know, Nick Bosa, Ohio State. Like, their better players come from big programs. Hufunga, USC. And I think the Eagles, and I know, and I talked about it with Colin, they don't waste any time anymore on the little schools or overthinking it with the schools, the non-Power 5 programs. When you look at their draft this year, they took, they took three players from Georgia. Three. Obviously, their first two picks, but they took a corner in the later rounds. And they also, I think their third round pick was an Illinois DB, who Illinois last year had one of their better seasons in recent memory with Bielema and was one of the better defenses in the country. Like they are taking power five programs that are having a lot of success. Obviously, they have pillaged Georgia and Alabama. And they're just not messing around with little schools. And for the most part, it's not a tried and true formula. If you only drafted LSU, Alabama, and Georgia players, you would miss on guys. But you would probably hit on way more. And I think the Eagles have really, for this organization that kind of prides itself on being very stat-friendly, being very progressive, being ahead of the curve, I think they've just taken a basic approach. Let's just draft the sweetest players from the sweetest programs and try to build our team, I don't know, around those guys. And for the most part, we'll kick the shit out of other people. And obviously there has to be luck involved, right? Jalen Carter had to fall. But I gave them credit last week of like, they have the pieces on their roster. Part of like people, "Ah, how do you resign Brandon Graham and Fletcher Cox? Those guys are over the hill. Well, to mentor a guy like this, Jalen Carter, who could be an all-pro in the NFL. Obviously you need teams to pass on Nolan Smith. And maybe you benefited from his injury this year for him falling in the draft. But when he was available, you just draft him. You don't go, well, should we take this tight end from South Dakota State? Or should we take this, you know, kind of rotational guy from the, you know, Florida Atlantic? No, you just take the dude from Georgia. You just draft it. Like, who's the best defense in the country last year? You know, it was Michigan. It was Georgia. It was Illinois. Let's just take one guy from there. And when you do that, I think it simplifies some of your misses. Couple years ago, it's like, oh, we need a fast wide. Let's take Jalen Rager. Yeah, should have just taken Justin Jefferson. 
the best team. He was one of the best players on that team. And they've done that literally ever since. And when you watch them play, they have talent everywhere. So credit for the Eagles for just simplifying the math. And last but not least, number five, the AFC versus the NFC. One story that happened, I I guess this would have been on the first round, Lamar signed the contract. Uh, I think we all acknowledge the AFC South is going to have three teams that are not going to be very good. The Jags are going to be solid. They should be a playoff team for the foreseeable future. Star quarterback, star coach. The AFC North now like, kind of has some stability. Steelers have their young quarterback, and they were really coming on at the end of the season. I think we view that team like they should be in the mix to be a wildcard team. There are no excuses of like, why isn't Lamar playing? He, he would do this if he didn't have a contract. He's not battling through injuries. You pay him, no excuses now. It's healthy, he plays. Even banged up, he plays in big games. I feel much better about the stability of the Ravens. And obviously the Bengals, I don't know, are fucking awesome. The Bills, awesome. Now they need to be better in the playoffs, but regular season team, they've proven year after year after year, they're just going to win that division and they're going to be sweet. Same with the Chiefs. So the AFC is just stacked. We know Herbert and the Chargers, you know, always underachieve a little bit, but you're talking 10-11 win team. The Miami Dolphins, if they can just keep Tua erect, I mean, we saw how dynamic their offense was and how awesome Mike McDaniel was as an offensive coordinator. Listen, say what you want about Belichick. Like, he'll just be feisty. He's not, even if his team's not as talented as it was for a long period of time, he's still Bill freaking Belichick. I haven't even mentioned the Jets and Rodgers. I mean, the the AFC is stupid stacked. It's going to be, there are going to be really good teams, just like last year, that missed the playoffs, even with the seventh added team. I don't think anything changed in the NFC. I think there's three teams that are clearly better than the rest of the conference, just like last year. The Eagles, 49ers, and the Cowboys. And clearly the Eagles lost a sweet defensive tackle, and the 49ers stole him. And then they replaced him with Jalen Carter. And, you know, they added a pass rusher in Nolan Smith, <laughs> right? And you look at the Cowboys, like, what was what are their problems? Run defense. Added a sweet defensive tackle for Michigan immediately. The 49ers, well, got some questions at quarterback. They signed Sam Darnold, and Brock Purdy expects to be fully healthy. And their roster is already sweet. And they have some young players like, um, uh, you know, guys they drafted last year, Ty Davis-Price, the running back from LSU. Danny Gray, the, the third-round wide receiver, who's an excellent special team player from uh, from SMU. And I it was a long weekend. The USC pass rusher, Drake Jackson last year, who started being inactive toward the end of the season. They're very bullish on him, big offseason, so that they should get some young players they drafted last year, start impacting the team this year to go with Hargrave. Those three teams are head and shoulders above the rest of the conference. Minnesota is worse. The Giants, like, they won all those one-score games. And I still think they're a year or two away from having, like, a legitimate roster. We saw what happens when they played a really good team. They got curb stomped. Now, I'm not acting like the Giants won't be in the playoff mix. But, you know, the Lions, Jared Goff just going to have back-to-back good seasons. How's Dan Campbell going to do with the pressure? Now the pressure, everyone's going to pick them to win the division, myself included. But how Dan Campbell actually, like, does he get a little tight? It was easy to stay loose this year. Remember, they started off really slow. They, they started winning games when they were, I think, like one and four. Well, what's it like game one? Like, hey, man, everyone thinks you're going to be an 11-win team. 
and, and you're in a weird way, teams are coming after you. You ain't sleepwalking on anybody. Teams are showing up knowing you guys are good. The AFC South, like Tampa made the playoffs last year, obviously in eight and nine. They're done. You know, I, I don't view the Falcons as that good. Uh, the Saints, in theory, should be a lot better, you know, because they add Derek Carr. Did Derek Carr just have a bad season because of Josh McDaniels? Or is his career just trending the wrong way? Because I do believe the Saints should win the division, but like, I can't feel confident about betting on a Dennis Allen led head team, led uh, leading a team as the head coach. So it's just the AFC, you know, has 10 good teams <laughs> and obviously like multiple powerhouses in like the Chiefs and the Bengals. And if the Bills are the third best team in your conference, you're in pretty good shape. Right now, the Chiefs and Bengals beat them, in, but that, it takes those two teams to knock the Bills out. Maybe I'm crazy, but I think the Jets are coming. I, I, I do. Uh, same with the same with the Jags. Same with the Jags. The NFC, you know, it's just Cowboys, Niners, Eagles. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere, like at your pregame barbecue. While you prep your meats, that grease trap you forgot to empty is prepping to smoke your porch, garage, and the car inside. And without the right home and auto insurance coverage, the cost to repair this could eat up your savings. So bundle home and auto with Allstate to save and get protected from mayhem like this. Bundled savings variant are not available in every state. Coverage is subject to policy terms and conditions. There are some things that are too good to keep a secret. Like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notified, and Amex card member benefits at select events... You'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex.